This episode of the New Christendom Daily is taken from a live radio broadcast. There's no scripts. There's no do-overs. There's no cuts. It's just from a live radio show done by a guy with a microphone and a set of earbuds and a radio show who pours his heart, his mind, and his body and soul into one thing, bringing about the New Christendom Daily. But since I started this yesterday, um, I uh, started reading to you from this book, Action, by Jean Ousset, or Ousset. And um, I know that since we sold four copies in the trading post yesterday, that we struck a nerve. And that some of you that heard it went like, okay, I want that book. You're all going to want it by the time I finish this. So you may as well go ahead and order it today. And I got there on the way, by the way. I talked to John Sharp yesterday, Commander Sharp, sending us a box, a case out today. What is this a book about? This is a book about what it says, action, enough talking. And, and, and the part that I'm reading now is really, really interesting because Usay gets into the things. He, go, he says, he goes, most counter-revolutions that we see today, and this is in the 1960s, are taking their playbooks from the Marxist. He goes, you think that doing what they've done, but doing it with for, for your purpose is the correct course of action. And Rousset says, that's not the correct course of action. They were wrong in the formation of what they thought needed to be done. They were wrong in the formation of how to do it. The only thing that they were correct in is in the, the final cause in the efficiency or efficacy of what they were about to do. So you, does everyone understand this? They were wrong in concept. They were wrong in methodology or in the effective cause. But in the final cause, they were correct because they accomplished what they set out to do. That doesn't mean that the final cause was just or they promoted or defended the truth. It just means that the final cause was met, which was destroy tradition, destroy sacred spaces, destroy the sacred, destroy and remove the good, true, and beautiful from daily life in Christendom. Revolution, all things that are sinful must be made acceptable. Public. So I'm not going to go through the whole list, but he says, so you can't take their playbook as we hear conservative, especially Catholic ones say all the time, and then apply it to what you think is a noble purpose. You had to get the book to get into that. I'm going to pick up in part four of the introduction here of action. Emmanuel for the Reconstruction of Christendom by John Osset. Spasms of violence are useless. <laughs> this, insensitivity, this, this insensitivity, this fear, this desertion on the part of Christians is the worst of all evils. First of all, by the inaction which is involved, 
but also by the disastrous gusts of exasperation which such inertia in our most grievous hours must provoke. We want to combat evil in the place where it shows itself, Gates remarked, and we are not concerned with the source from whence it exerts its action. This is why it is difficult to take counsel with the multitude which judges affairs from day to day, rarely extending its view beyond tomorrow. Hence we get spasmodic reactions which are hasty, violent, and explosive. Those who have hitherto done nothing, who have not reacted or very little against the progress of evil, who have perhaps encouraged it at first and accepted it in its early stages, rise up suddenly, finding it intolerable that the fire which they watched being lit without intervening should now threaten their complacent lethargy. Dude, that's a quote. Tattoo it on your forehead, Mr. Lebowski. Oh, now you're cons Oh, now that it's come for your family and it's in your house. Oh, now you're concerned about it. Where was your sense of solidarity? Like Maggie was saying earlier during show prep, play, play the uh, Patrick and McHenry clip. I think you still probably have it open of him slamming the gavel down. And people are going like, hey, dude, where were you slamming gavels down when $110 billion is being sent for an unjust war that was never declared in Ukraine? Where, why weren't you slamming gavels down, Patrick? When seven and a half, eight million illegal migrants crossed the southern border and people were pleading for help and you did nothing. M McCarthy did nothing. Where, why didn't you slam the, where was the gavel slam when the debt ceiling was raised again against future generations that have to pay it back? Where was the gavel slam, Kevin? Or Patrick, rather. Where was the gavel? Why didn't you slam the gavel down? Where was your outrage when another infanticide measure was passed in a Republican-sponsored bill? And then the list could go on. So here is McHenry in his hissy fit yesterday. Chair declares the House in recess subject to the call of the chair. Dude, that is Thor's hammer coming down. Continuing on with Jean, uh, Jean Ousset, Action, a manual for the reconstruction of Christendom. Get this book. Get it today. Shop.mikechurch.com. Right next to the brand new Manchipia, Manchipium uh, Maria cigars. Super ultimate premium cigars. I spent a year, a year working on this. I'm not finished yet. I'm working with Jared McKaylee. We're doing boxes. We're going to do pens. We're doing all sorts of things to honor Our Lady through this cigar line. But you can get the preview version of uh, the consolatrix or the consolatrix, depending on whose side you're on, the gratia plana, you know, the full of grace, the all. Okay, there are four different sizes. You can get a four pack, fifteen percent off until next Monday. So you have to the weekend. Shop.mikechurch.com. That's where you'll find Jean Jean Ousset's uh, action book. 
So I'm going to skip ahead again because I want you to read this. In reality, we are hidebound theorists. We think about the aim, the objective, the state of affairs, the order towards which we aspire, but we do not think in terms of action. We do not think of the movement or the means which will permit us to reach our aim more surely. We know where we must go, but we do not speak. We scarcely ever concern ourselves about how and by what means we should get there. And then in part five of the introduction, the duties of our state of life. Consider by contrast what attention in ingenuity and zeal was displayed by the ordinary Catholic in the pursuit of personal prosperity. In this sphere, everything possible is done with a view to getting the best possible technical advice. Days and nights are spent on thinking up ways and means of increasing one's income or of prevailing against a competitor. But when it is a matter of the fate of society, on which the lasting prosperity of everyone's private affairs depends, those who are admired for their worldly esteem and initiative are outstandingly negligent, unthinking, unconcerned, and lethargic. They are like passengers forever mopping up the damp in their cabin who are unconcerned that their ship is likely to sink at any moment. Like I like to describe it like, dude, you're a deck chair on the Titanic rearranger. You lehu zeher. Action. Like Michael Thomas of Sharon says, dude, do something. I like the do something even if it's not right. Back to Usain. The truth is that we waste our time on trifles. We devote more time to quite inconsequentially worldly matters than would be necessary to work victoriously for the safety of the temporal city. An obsessive craving for physical comfort has succeeded in surrounding us with a climate climate of irresistible materialism, which does not display itself in vile and provocative maxims as it used to do. You know, there used to be a term for this. Uh, uh, the guy living in extravagant magnificence, as Patrick Henry said. Opulence. You know, opulence is a word that your average hoi polloi citizen of Christendom would use to describe people that weren't doing the right thing, but had all the money, it seemed, in the world. Um... That at least had the advantage of alerting the better disposed against it. But this is a factual and implicit materialism, which does not keep us from going to mass, but has resulted in the greatest manifestation of political absenteeism the world has seen since the decadence of the Roman Empire. The same kind of political negligence that was the cause of that empire's fall. We now see Christians who wish to be excellent husbands, excellent parents, excellent employees, excellent parishioners. The world can depend on them, but not their city, not their country. We leave to others, they say, the study of these complex and serious questions. Our duty cannot step outside our domestic life. We can't do everything. Too many things need to be looked at. Uh, they need to be looked after already. This might appear to be a wise response, but it does not justify the neglect of what is an obvious duty. The truth is, is that we have to do everything that is required of us 
by our state and life. Can a husband refuse his duties as a father in order to confine himself to his duties as a husband? On the plea that he can't do everything? Can a son, for the same reason, justify abandoning his sick father in order to devote himself solely to a parochial apostolate? It is an easy way out to choose the duty which suits us best and to ignore the others. But the living of a virtuous and holy life requires of us nothing more or less than a judicious solution of the problem of the coexistence of the multiple and, is and inescapable duties of our state of life. And then he concludes. I'm going to skip ahead again another couple par uh, par uh, paragraphs. To action then! For it is the imperative duty of the immediate present... Pius XII that already has already proclaimed, there is no, quote, there is no time to be lost. The time for reflection and planning is past. It is the hour for action. Are you ready? The fronts opposing one another in the religious and moral sphere are becoming more clearly distinguished. It is time for intense effort in which every, even, in which even a few moments can decide the victory. Never before, perhaps, has the salvation of society depended on the efforts of so few people. But the few must be sufficiently resolute and prudently resolute. A few spasmodic efforts, a few gusts of belated anger will achieve nothing. It is recorded that when the last Moorish king of Granada was leaving the city to go into exile, he paused on the mountain pass to look back at his beloved palace of the Alhambra and wept at the thought of what he had lost. But his mother said to him bitterly, You do well, son, to weep like a woman over what you did not have the will and tenacity to defend like a man. Let us take care that we also do not merit a similar stern reproach. There you have it. So that's part two now of the introduction to action that I hope you will get a copy of at shop.mikechurch.com.